بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا رسول الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله Welcome to a journey now through um, Sharia as well as the foundational principles in general which are generally seen as such uh, of the Sharia Why is this important? Well, number one is it's important to own your own religious literacy When you own your own religious literacy it protects you from irrational conservatism an irresponsible kind of lackadaisical ease as it looks, or liberalism, if you will, as it looks at religion. And I use these terms here linguistically, not politically. And, and you know, this is unfortunate. We don't see the kind of functional literacy amongst Muslims anymore. Many times people are asking questions that are very clear, very, very open. Um, they don't really need to ask, but they ask anyways, and that's perhaps because of a a low self-esteem coupled with the, the bully scholarship that exists out there. But for example, if we look at, at the life of the Prophet Wasallam's companions, for example, Amr ibn As, who is not known as one of the major scholars of Islam, who subhanAllah, when he has a wet dream and he realizes that it's an extremely cold night and authentic narration, he says, you know, I was scared that I would uhlik, that I would, I would perish, so he makes tayammum. The Prophet does not censor him for trying to think through an issue. He has the tools if you will, to think through an issue. We find also the authentic narration in Sahih al-Bukhari when the Prophet ﷺ tells the people to pray Asr at Bani Quraidha and of course they become delayed and a group says the Prophet did not know ﷺ, that we will be delayed so let's pray Asr now. The other said no, let's stick to the letter of the law. No matter when we get to Bani Quraidha, even after Maghrib we'll pray Asr. The Prophet ﷺ does not censor uh, either of them for using their mind and thinking through issues. This happens on numerous occasions and the Prophet ﷺ is empowering people to use guidance to think through challenges. So it's very important that we have a base literacy, uh, base literacy of our religion. As Imam Al-Qarafi says very beautifully, whoever understands these foundations of Sharia is really going to achieve a profound, you know, literacy of Islam, understanding of the functionality of Islam, not dysfunctional scholarship, but proper functionality. The second reason is so that we can increase our devotion, deal with any concerns that we may have, um, and become someone who equalizes and brings unity amongst a community that is wrought with disunity uh, and infighting. And then finally, that we can correct um, the constant kind of attacks thrown at Sharia um, that, that have made the Sharia an object of commodified hate. Uh, in this century. And, and I lived that when I converted to Islam in 1992. One of the reasons that I was attracted to Islam is that there was an effort to stop a mosque from being built in the city that I lived in because of Sharia, because of their fear of Sharia. So if we do that, then we fall, of course, into the general guidelines found in Surah Al Asr, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, wal asri inna l-insana la fi khusr. So we ask Allah, as we begin this very important journey. First of all, the word sharia is from the word shara'a or mashra'a, wa mashra'atul ibl is actually the place where a person would take camels, an oasis in the middle of the desert for water. And this is the literal meaning, mashra'a al ibl. Of course, figuratively, it is applied to Sharia because religion is a source of life for us 
in the desert of this dunya. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Anfal, after a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan rajim Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu stajibu lillahi wa lirrasooli idha da'akum lima yuhyikum. O you who believe, answer the call of Allah and His Messenger when you are invited to what will bring you life. So the Sharia, mashallah, is seen as a source of life in the desert of this dunya. And this becomes increasingly important as the secular world begins to grow, uh, begins to metamorphosis, if you will, that it is experiencing in change in ways that are very subtle. And we see now the creeping uh, secular, uh, really, really starting to take hold of the Muslim community through things like nomenclature and other things that we can talk about, inshallah, in another time. When it comes to Sharia as defined by scholarship, everything that was revealed to the Prophet everything that was revealed to him and this of course includes the Quran as well as the Sunnah of the Prophet What we want to talk about now are the unique characteristics of Sharia as mentioned in the books of law, right? So when we talk about defining who we are, it's very important that we do not allow ourselves to define, be defined by anti-Muslim bigots or those outside of our community. We have our own definitions of who and what we are, and we need to be proud and bold and in fact stern on owning our own identities and definitions. This is very important. The first thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught Adam, are the names of things. When, may, when Muslims become unfamiliar with their own nomenclature and religious terminology, then that is going to be filled by other sources of definitions and terminology. And this is one of the ways that we follow ourselves falling into kind of the creeping Sharia. So it's very important that we understand a Sharia from our own perspective as mentioned by ancient as well as contemporary scholars. So what we're going to talk about now are some of the unique al-khasa'is, the unique qualities of a Sharia. Number one is al-rabbaniyya and al-rabbaniyya is a form of mubalagha. It's a form which means emphasis, of course, from the word urab. Rabb, of course, is our sustainer, our creator. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Ali Imran commands us to be the people who are constantly connected to Him. There's also a riwayah, which is Sahihah. The Prophet ﷺ, the Qur'an says very beautifully that um, we are commanded to be the people of Rabbaniyin. We are to, commanded to be. So the first quality is Rabbaniya. And Rabbaniya is a form of mubalagha, of emphasis, which means that we are people associated with God. That in everything we do, we are people who live a life connected to and related to being dedicated in the service of the Creator. The word Rabb, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. In Surah Al-Fatiha, Allah is the Creator of all things. 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an commands us to be people who are constantly connected to Allah. Allah says, However you must be Rabbaniyeen, meaning men and women of God. بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تُعَلِّمُونَ الْكِتَابَ وَبِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَدْرُسُونَ By teaching and studying the book, the Qur'an. Another narration which is mutawatir of the Qur'an, بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تُدَرِّسُونَ right? So the idea is that you are like public educators and actively engaged in studying and learning the Qur'an so that it reminds you and teaches you through the stories of the prophets and the righteous people how to be people who live for something greater, who live for Allah. So one of the qualities of a sharia is that it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is from God. We believe that the Quran is revealed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As well as the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا يَنْطِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيُ يُوحَىٰ That the Prophet sallallahu is not astray or misguided, but what he speaks, what he teaches, is revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the first is that we believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the sharia, and thus when we have disputes or um, arguments and issues, then we return to the Sharia. فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمُ الْآخِرِ Allah says, then return it back to Allah and His Messenger. Right? So when there's issues that pop up, return it to the Sharia. SubhanAllah. And this is a very important thing because clinging to the Sharia is an act of de- deliberate worship, but also an act of deliberate resistance and liberation from the impact of colonialism, as well as the ever encroaching secular that I talked about earlier. The second quality that we believe of the, about the Sharia is a shumuliyah, that it is comprehensive. So when we look in, for example, Surah Baqarah, we find the issues of, of Sharia guidance pertaining to acts of worship. We find Sharia guidance on things like marriage, like on divorce, on writing contracts, uh, giving charity, acts of altruism, uh, we find acts related to how we talk and engage others. We find warfare. We find fasting and so many things just in Surah Al-Baqarah itself. So we believe that the Sharia has what's called shumuliyah. It is comprehensive. It doesn't just teach us how to live in the masjid. It te- teaches us how to live in all aspects of our life. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. That's why the Quran says, وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِي لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ At the end of Surah An'am, it doesn't say hayati wa mawti. It says mahya wa mamati. This is called mastar mimi, which means my entire life and my entire death are for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we look at, for example, the different um, types of tafsir, explanations of Quran, we find tafsir related to language, we find find tafsir related to narrations, we find tafsir related to law, we find tafsir of verses that deal with marriage, that deal with divorce, you name it. We find every kind of aspect of life, there is a tafsir for it, uh, found in, in the Quran. Also, if we look at the books of the Sunnah, for example, if we look at the Muwatta of Imam Malik, we find that the majority of the chapters are actually uh, dealing with aspects of life. Right outside of the masjid, in that the minor, minority of the chapters are dealing with specific acts of worship. 
So Shumulia is taking this expansive definition of worship. Everything that Allah loves falls under the acts of worship. And because mashallah, as we'll talk about later, the importance of intention, everything we do from spending time with our families to working, to sleeping, to eating, to working out, to prayer with a proper intention can be alhamdulillah, an act of worship. The third unique quality of a sharia is a taysir wa raf'ul haraj, is facilitation and removing hardship. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran says, يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ بِكُمُ الْيُسْرِ وَلَا يُرِيدُ بِكُمُ الْعُسْرِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants ease for you. He doesn't want hardship for you. And talking about Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَيَضْعُ عَنْهُمْ إِسْرَهُمْ وَالْأَغْلَالَ الَّتِي كَانَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ That the Prophet removed the shackles and burdens from them. And here's talking specifically about the Mosaic law and just the you know, infinite number of particulars found in that law that made it almost impossible for people to live, live it uh, in ease and in a way that brought about like, you know, a connection to Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam rahmatan lil alameen to remove that hardship and to make religious and facilitate religious expression. As the Prophet said, إِنَّمَا بُعِثْتُ مُعَلِّمًا مُيَسِّرًا As related by Imam Muslim, I was sent as a teacher and a facilitator, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that's why here, mashallah, uh, the shaykh in the book that I'm reading from, he says, You know, and that's why the majority of rulings actually in sharia are permissibility. And the minority of rulings in sharia are things which are forbidden. And I remember prior to conversion, I was like, yo, if I become Muslim, I can't do anything. And one of the old school brothers was like, no, 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 no. The things that you can do are a minimal. But the problem is in your life right now, the majority of what you do is the forbidden. <laughs> right? But the majority is permissible. You just don't do them. But in your life right now, the majority of what you do is the forbidden. So the, the goal of Sharia is to ease and facilitate. And I heard, subhanAllah, when we were reading Nail Al-Tar with Sheikh Ahmad Taharayan, mashallah, in, in Egypt, and I asked him, you know, what madhab should I answer questions with? And he said, at-taysir, right? You should make sure that you facilitate things for people. And when I was training in Dar Ifta in Egypt, and I talked to one of the scholars, Sheikh Imad Ifat, and Dr. Muhammad Wissam, and one of the things that they taught me was that when answering questions, you have to facilitate and not make things difficult for people when possible. That's why the Prophet said, Bashiru wala tunafiru, right? Bring happiness to people and don't push them away. And that's why Imam al-Shatibi in Al-Muwafaqat in talking about the etiquette of the Mufti, he said the job of the Mufti is to carry people like a physician. He doesn't over-medicate, he doesn't under-medicate. If he over-medicates, then this will lead to liver poison. And if he under-medicates, of course, this is going to aggravate the illness. So he says, so that the Mufti then carries people on what's easy. As long as it does not lead to what we call isqat at-taklif. As long as it does not lead to someone losing, right, the religion, right? That's not taysir. That's tasheel or tasahul, right? So when we talk about, and we're going to talk about this in the future, inshallah ta'ala, when we talk about facilitation and sharia, not to the point also that uh, a shatibi mentions where there's nothing left of religion, right? So it's not about ease. It's about achieving the haq, 
about achieving the truth in a way that facilitates for people and allows them to grow. We see Sayyidina Mu'adh radiallahu anhu, and I remember reading this hadith with Shaykh Ahmad Taharian. When, you know, the people complained about him leading Isha too long, Afatatannaya Mu'adh, I believe the, the hadith says, and I'm, I'm getting old now, so I may have forgotten. Afatannaya Mu'adh, like, are you a source of fitna for the people? And I remember Shaykh Ahmad Taharian telling us, like, the job of people is to make sure that they do not overburden others to the point that it pushes them away from the religion while maintaining the vestiges and the foundation, the foundations, excuse me, of the truth, of the truth. The fourth is ri'ayat musalih al-bashar. The fourth unique quality of the sharia is to look after what benefits people. And of course, we're going to talk about this later on, but benefits within the Islamic legal framework fall under three areas. Number one, al-dururiyat. Those things, without them, we could not survive. Those things, without them, we could not survive. Like food. So, of course, we have the axiom, right? That, that the, 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 the necessities permit even the, the impermissible according to their measure. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, whoever is under compulsion, under necessity to engage in the forbidden to eat, to live, then there's no sin in this, as long as they don't exceed and so on and so forth. So the first is al-durura, which is seen as a necessity, which we have to have in order to live. Okay? A contemporary example of this is sometimes people have to amputate limbs in order to stay alive. If they didn't amputate that limb, they would die. So... Of course, you know, amputating limbs for no reason is not allowed, but here it's a dorora. It's a dorora. Uh, so so that, that's an example, but we'll get into that later on. The second is al-haji, is something which is a need, but not a dorora. So for example, uh, uh, a good example would be like in certain situations where the climate is, you know, not of course overly hot towards killing people, like uh, uh, air condition. Right? People can live without it, but without it, life may be hard. So that's a hajah. And, and there are certain principles that touch on al-hajah because life could continue. It may be a little difficult without it. And uh, there's an axiom very profound that says when the hajah, when this need becomes communal, right, it reaches the tipping point, then it can reach the, 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 the level of durura. Has mentioned to me one of our teachers. And, and this is a very interesting thing. So here we're not trying to give all the answers and go through all the difficulties and, and negate uh, and create like, you know, different discussions. I just want to introduce to you the foundational issues, right? So number one, when we talk about a maslaha, what is beneficial, Imam al-Ghazari says very beautiful in al-Mustasfa that al-maslaha is what benefits people. We talk about it in the light of Sharia, which benefits the people without contradicting the Sharia, of course, and that's an important discussion that we'll have in the future as we go through this journey together. And we said that the Musalih, right, the Idraq al-Musalih, you know, reaching the Maslaha is really what Sharia looks after, the general benefit of people. That's why Allah says, Like we sent you, O Muhammad, what benefits all people. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
and Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma says that every time Allah says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, O you believers, you're going to find a, a command that either brings a benefit or protects you from harm, which brings the maslaha, which brings the benefit. And we said that the maslaha is divided into three. Number one, necessities, talked about it. Number two, needs, needs. And then finally, at-tahsinat, those things that, you know, you don't really need it. You don't have to have it, but it improves uh, your life and makes life better. And for each one of those, there are a set of principles and ideas that govern the Sharia in the sense of how we employ and engage uh, the Sharia. The fifth unique quality of Sharia is al-waqi'iyah, is that it is current and that is contextual. And that's why, for example, if you look at some of the major fiqh councils, you find them addressing issues that are happening. Um, and in fact, in many cases, trying to, to guess what happens before it happens, for example, in financial markets, right? What happens uh, in certain areas. And this has been stifled largely by dictatorships and the continued military and economic and political aggression largely led by the West. That, you know, we, we, we tend to blame scholars, but look at Sheikh Salman al-Auda. Where is the world trying to free him? People like to blame scholars, but where are the people? to help those scholars, right? Where are they to, to support those people who gave their life to the deen? So al-waqi'iyah, sometimes the absence of the sharia and, and the teachers of sharia um, being you know, contextuals because they live in systems that don't want the sharia to be contextual. They want the sharia to be regulated to the role of the church, right? Within the pre-modern kind of Christian uh, terminology. And that's a problem. Because the Sharia, as we'll talk about, is built to be contextually appropriate. And that's why, for example, without sacrificing itself. So that's why oftentimes the objects of verbs are not mentioned in the Quran so that people will place them there. That's why when we study fiqh, I remember studying, when I was studying Aqrab al-Masariq with Sheikh Mustafa al-Sharh al-Saghir in Hada' al-Ubba in Cairo. And I asked him, like, why does Sheikh Ahmad Dardir say, and like this and like that. He said, because he wants you to put the issue there. Right? He listed for you a number of fiqh issues that were you know, appropriate for his age, but what are you going to put now in the text? He said, subhanAllah, subhanAllah. And, and I remember one of my last conversations with one of the major scholars of Al-Azhar uh, when I was coming back to America, and I mentioned a question that I had received. And he said, you, you are better equipped to answer this question than me because this is your society. These are the people that you live with. These are the people who you understand in your city. And that's why Imam As-Siyuti in Ashba' wa Nadair, inshallah, we'll read Ashba' wa Nadair hopefully here inshallah in the future, which is a book that deals with these foundational principles. He notes that it is a fard kifaya. It is a communal obligation that in every city there's a mufti because that mufti is going to understand the needs of that city. Right, so that way he is contextually able to answer questions. Imam al-Qarafi. And of course, we're not talking about in the foundations of religion. That's very clear. We're talking here specifically about issues when there's a debate on the meaning of a text, when the application of a text is disputed, or when there is no text. And here the mufti has to engage. That's why Imam al-Qarafi said, if you were to answer questions of a people and you're unaware of their language, the slang, intricacies of their language, you should lose your law license, right? Because the Sharia has to stay, mashallah, uh, the, the carriers of Sharia 
have to stay contextually appropriate. If not, then the religion loses its value, right? People don't find value in it anymore because it's not dealing with the issues of their life. So the Sharia, mashallah, waqi'iyah, right? It's something which is going to be applicable to certain situations uh, throughout time and specifically to situations for which there is no explicit guidance within the sacred text. For example, when Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu and the Sahaba, right, put the Qur'an in a text, right? They put it between two covers. This is a response to, an, to something that has happened. And here they are, of course, dipping, he's dipping into what's called maqasir sharia, right? The general things that bring about the benefit of the sharia. And he's able to stay abreast of what's going on, subhanAllah and address something which has a need at that moment. The next is wuduh al-shari'ah fi nususiha. That within the, the context of legal verses and legal hadith, the sharia is clear. The expression is very clear. Sallu kama ra'aytumuni usalli. Pray as you see me praying. Hurrimat alaykum al-maytatu. Right? You know, uh, meat, uh, animals that have died of themselves is forbidden to. It's very clear. Aqimu salah Establish prayer. Five prayers in a day. It's very clear. And the Prophet said, Al-Halal bayin wal haram bayin. Right? The halal is clear and the haram is clear. So one of the unique qualities of the Sharia is that when it comes to legal issues and verses in a hadith that address legal issues, usually, غاربان, is very clear. The expression could be understood by by, by most people, uh, mashallah, mashallah, mashallah. The seventh is Adam taklif bil mushaqqaq, that it is not overbearing and it does not burden people with things that they're not able to do. Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha, as related by Imam al-Bukhari said, the Prophet sallallahu did not order us to do anything except we could handle it. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, in the Qur'an, you know, he says very nicely and very beautifully uh, and, and very profoundly, right? Allah does not burden a soul with more than it can handle. And the Prophet wasallam, as an example, people ask me like, if I have bad thoughts in my heart, am I going to be judged by it? The Prophet said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَجَاوَزْ لِي عَنْ أُمَّتِي مَا حَدَثَتْ بِهِ أَنفُسَهَا that Allah has, you know, forbidden my community, has excused my community for the evil thoughts they have as long as they don't talk about them or put them into action. So, mashallah, the absence of overburdening uh, 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 commands and prohibitions, Adam taklif bil mashaq, with those things which are hard on people. So, not only does it remove hardship, it doesn't demand irrational hardship from people but makes things easy alhamdulillah for example um, a woman makes up the days of fasting that she misses while menstruating but she doesn't have to make up the prayers why because imagine she have to make up every prayer she missed that would be hard on her but fasting is easy it's only one day so here we see the sharia is not trying to create an irrational impossible burden on someone and really mashallah as we continue this journey together i hope you can see and appreciate that beauty because it's really really subhanallah very nice and finally al-wasatiyah 
right? That the Sharia maintains the vital center. I don't like to use the word moderation. Moderation is a subjective word, right? Al-wasatiyah, because the word naqata wusta means the best camel. Right? Wusta here means something the best. وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطَ One of the meanings is the best ummah. كُنْتُمْ خَيْرَ أُمَّةً أُخْرِجَ لِنَاسِ Not necessarily the middle ummah, right? But out of this is understood that something that sits in the vital center usually is the best. خلاص. But we know that the Prophet ﷺ, when those people came to say to Aisha, and they asked her about the worship of the Prophet, والسلام, and she informed them, their, re their reaction was what? Like, you know, they said, you know, that I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going to never sleep and pray. I'm going to fast and never break my fast. I said, I'm never going to get married. When the Prophet heard about this, he, he went to them in haste. And he said to them, like, I sleep and pray, I fast and I break my fast, and I fast and I'm, I'm marry. Like, I marry women. And whoever turns away from my sunnah is not from me. A this sunnah of, you know, this moderation. Prophet said, right? There's no monk type lifestyle in Islam. So one of the things that's very beautiful, and in fact, sometimes it's almost too uh, 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 centered for Muslims is that the Sharia is extremely nuanced, responsible, and at times forbearant in dealing with issues. To the point that you're like, people want more. Allah says, لا في دينكم. Do not be extreme. Either they want to be overly loose or overly stringent. So Alhamdulillah, mashallah, mashallah, we, we are, are, are now talking about some of the unique qualities of the Sharia as we begin this journey together. And I just want to mention them to you uh, one more time, alhamdulillah. The first we talked about how Sharia is from this word, which means a watering hole, right? Something that people take their camels to in an, an oasis in the desert or themselves and they drink water for survival. Number two, we, we mentioned the, the eight qualities, unique qualities of Sharia. Number one is Rabbaniya, right? That it is related coming from Allah, from coming from God Almighty. It's God's law, it's God's truth. And that we as a community are commanded to be godly in our lives and the way that we live a godly life is by following a Sharia. The second is that it is comprehensive. As Imam Shafi'i said, there's nothing that happens except there is some kind of implicit or explicit uh, religious guidance on the issue. Mashallah, mashallah. Uh, the third, At-Taysir, right, is ease and removing hardship. This is very important, man. And we're going to unpack these. So, so don't, you, know, you may have questions now, it's great, but let's, let's ride the journey. Ride with me a little as we unpack them, inshallah. The fourth is Ri'ayat Musalih al-Bashar, is looking after the general good of all people, not just Muslims, of all people. And, and that, that one is very profound. And the fifth, al-waqi'iyah, is that it is current, right? It is, it is contextually appropriate without sacrificing its principles. And sometimes we find people al-waqi'iyah and not rabbaniyah. All these have to be taken in, 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 in one package here. Like I may be contextually appropriate, but if I'm not involved in rabbaniyah, then I'm sacrificing the deen for the context. At the same time, if I try to employ the deen in a way that is not applicable to a given situation in any way, shape, or form, then also I'm doing a disservice to myself 
and a disservice to others. The sixth is wuduh, is that it is clear in its legal expressions. And we're going to talk about this, inshallah, in the future. It's beautiful, man. It's really amazing, the great care that comes into um, the expressions of law uh, in Sharia. And then the, the seventh is Adamu Taklif Bil Mushaq, right? That it does not ask us to do things that are impossible and, and overbearing, right? It does, not, it does not burden us with something we can't handle. And then finally, MashaAllah Al Wasatiyah, that it's rest in the vital center. Um, and inshallah, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We ask Allah to bless you and bless us. Next time, inshallah, we're going to talk about al qawaid the foundations of Sharia. Uh, we're going to review a few of them really quickly and then introduce the one that is going to form the beginning of our discussions Al Mushaqqa Tajlibu Taysir. That hardships bring about facilitation. Bring about ease. Barakallahu feekum. Keep us in your du'as. I ask Allah to bless you and protect you. I ask Allah yuwafiqana insha'Allah fi hadha al-amal wa yaj'alahu khalisan li wajihi al-kareem. ask Allah to make this sincerely for his sake. Wa yanfa'ana wa tulaba to bless us and all of the students of knowledge. Jazakamallahu khayran wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.